Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. It's great to be with you this week. I'm going to be sharing on the parasha, Pekude, translated Countings. And my focus is going to be on the glory of God's presence as found in this portion, specifically in Exodus 40, verses 33 through 38. It is amazing to see God fulfill his promise to come and dwell among his people. Now, the tabernacle, as you'll find out, the tabernacle is the very location of his glorious presence among us. But here's the big question. What happens when that place is destroyed or removed? And what about the fact that there has been no tabernacle for nearly 2,000 years? Does that mean that God's dwelling presence is no longer among us? And if not, where would one find it today? Keep in mind that this is a midrash and is not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. Okay, I'm going to be reading a portion of the portion, Exodus chapter 40, verses 33 through 38, and I'll be reading from the Tanakh. It is the JPS translation. Follow along, beginning in verse 33. And he set up the enclosure around the tabernacle and the altar and put up the screen for the gate of the enclosure. When Moses had finished the work, the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the presence of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it and the presence of the Lord filled the tabernacle. When the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the Israelites set out on their various journeys. But if the cloud did not lift, they would not set out until such time as it did lift. For over the tabernacle a cloud of the Lord rested by day, and fire would appear in it by night, in the view of all the house of Israel throughout their journeys. There you have it. Amazing. God's presence among his people in the tabernacle. That's the the location of his presence. As manifested in the cloud, and the fire by night. That was, in fact, the place where God dwelt on earth. Keep in mind that this tabernacle is an earthly copy of the original one that Moses saw while in heaven. So so it's an earthly copy. It's not the original. We all understand, and, and, and so do the sages, that a copy is temporary. It's destined to be replaced by the original. It's it's not the original. It, It will be replaced in due time by that which it represents. Now, the tabernacle was replaced later on by a more permanent structure that was Solomon's temple built in Jerusalem. 
but even Solomon's temple was destroyed. Under God's sovereignty, it was destroyed and removed, only later to be rebuilt once again under Ezra, and then later expanded under King Herod by the first century. So, think about this. That temple, King Herod's temple, it was destroyed. And this time, also under God's sovereignty. In 70 AD, it was Rome and her mercenary armies that came in and basically uh, trampled the city and destroyed the temple. That tragedy, 2,000 years ago, remains here today. In other words, the temple was never rebuilt. Under God's sovereignty, he has not allowed it to be rebuilt. It's been 2,000 years. So, the big question is, where is his dwelling presence today? If there's no temple, then is there no dwelling presence of God among us? Or is it still dwelling among us in some way, somewhere? Well, that's a great question. Let me pick up 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Peter speaking to believing Jews and also the believing Gentiles who have identified with the believing Jews, have, have joined the believing Jews in their faith in Messiah and the God of Israel. It says, in coming to him, speaking of God, coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Yeshua the Messiah. Wow. Now that is fascinating in every way. Those believers in the Messiah are referred to as living stones rather than inanimate stones, the stones that were used to build both the Temple of Solomon and then later again the Temple under Ezra, expanded under King Herod. Those were all inanimate stones. They still represented that, that temporary dwelling presence of God. But here we find the Temple of God, a spiritual Temple of God, being comprised of living stones, of believers. The believers are each like a living stone coming together. And in, in, in coming together, they are becoming a spiritual temple of God. Uh, what, for what purpose? It states here for a holy priesthood. They're being brought together as a temple for a holy priesthood in order to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through the Messiah. Why? Because Peter goes on to state, in verses 9 through 10, you are, speaking of the believers, the believing Jews, and then later the Gentiles who also believe and are grafted in, you are a chosen race. This is a quote, of course, from Moses, from the Torah. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. These are all quotes from Moses, from the time that they entered into covenant with God and became that chosen race, 
that royal priesthood, that holy nation, that people for God's own possession. Yeah, now it's being restated here. It's being restated to the believing Jews, those Jews who believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Peter now is applying this uh, statement from Moses to them. He goes on to say, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, this only makes sense if Isaiah and Jeremiah and the other prophets' claims are true. And what were those claims? Well, specifically, that Israel had completely obliterated the covenant of Moses with their long-standing disobedience and idolatry. And, and due to that generational disobedience, God finally separates and divorces himself from Israel. He divorced Israel. In other words, they had no longer any covenant status with God. The covenant was destroyed. They're without covenant status. Therefore, they are no longer a chosen race. They are no longer a royal priesthood. They are no longer a holy nation. They are no longer a people for God's own possession. They were cut off through their own disobedience, according to the clear statements in Isaiah and Jeremiah and the other prophets. It's clear. Read it, people. Read it. Now, God promised, even in the midst of divorcing Israel, he promised to remarry her through a new covenant. In other words, the bad news is, I'm going to divorce you. And then through the same prophet, he promises, this will be a temporary separation. Because in the end, I'm going to marry you again through a new and better covenant. And the result Israel would again become the chosen people. In other words, she would be restored to the status of chosenhood or, you know, becoming once again uh, that treasured people of God. In Messiah, the new covenant would be offered. And it was. He inaugurated it and offered it to Israel. And everyone that put their faith in Yeshua, the Messiah, became that chosen people of God, a royal priesthood, a citizen of his holy nation, a people possessed with his presence. And who were they? They put their faith in Yeshua. They were Jews. The entire early church was Jewish. It was a Jewish phenomenon, a Jewish new covenant through the Jewish Messiah with the Jewish people. The Jews first, and then later, of course, the Gentiles are invited to come in. This is amazing in every way. When you think about it, this is like, this is amazing. Let me go on. So even though the earthly temple was destroyed and removed, it was replaced with the spiritual temple comprised of believing Jews and then later believing Gentiles. This is a reconstituted Israel. Think of that. This is a reconstituted Israel. It is the same Israel of old reconstituted through a new covenant. That's right. Believing Jews, believing Jews are the ones that have entered in 
and restored the covenants made through the patriarchs on behalf of the Jewish people. Now, it is a newly reconstituted Jewish Israel that the believing Gentiles are grafted into, to the Jew first and then also the Gentiles. The Gentiles come in later, and it's true, they overwhelm in terms of numbers, they overwhelm their Jewish believing counterparts, but they came in second. Israel first is restored, and it's to this believing Israel that the Gentiles are grafted in. It's the believing Jews that constitute the believing Israel that comprises the new spiritual temple of God. And this is where the Gentiles are are coming in and being grafted into. This is also where the dwelling presence of God is. Think about it. Every local congregation has the presence of God working in its midst. You'll find forgiveness and acceptance, reconciliation, new life, peace and joy healing and restoration, even miracles, prosperity and happiness in the midst, of course, of trials and tribulations. There's always going to be trials and tribulations. Always has been, always will be until that new age comes. If you're not in this spiritual temple, I encourage you to receive Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, into your heart as your Lord and Savior. What are you waiting for? Receive your King. Experience reconciliation. Experience the cleansing of the atonement of Yeshua's blood poured out for you. Your sins will be forgiven. The Holy Spirit will come into you. God's dwelling presence will well up inside of you. And then find a local congregation and join. Join and grow there. Begin your journey of reconnecting with God, the God of Israel, through the new covenant that Jeremiah promised was coming in Messiah. It came nearly 2,000 years ago. And that spiritual temple, which the earthly temple represented, has been here for 2,000 years. Isn't it time to become part of that new living temple of God? I hope you do this. Well, that concludes our program for this week. Special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated to and listened to uh, Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now, pray with us, give financially, and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. If you have some time, Check out all of our social media at graftedin.com. That's G-R-A-F-T-E-D.com. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. 
Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.